Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here. Welcome to episode 101 of the Mortgage Broker Acceleration Podcast. And uh, Ash, welcome. We have cracked 100. 101. How are you? Yeah, we're into our second 100, James. Exciting times. Uh, I am outstanding. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. And uh, listeners, we're talking about landing big partnerships today. And uh, we've got tons of experience doing this personally, helping our clients do this. Uh, so let's dive in a bit today, Ashton, talking a little bit about getting those national or larger partners on board. We're not just talking about, you know, Bob the accountant or, you know, Jane the real estate agent. You know, we're talking about uh, serious sized partners. And I want to dive, Ash, into some of the problems and challenges uh, that come with this as well as discussing a little bit about uh, how to go about this because it's different to if you're just connecting with a solo person down the road. So um, mm. I, I'm going to pose the question to you first because um, I know you've got a lot to say about this. Um, first, I'd like to ask, are larger groups better? Like, um, you know, everybody wants to wheel in the big fish. You know, people go game fishing and you know, marlins and like hundreds of kilos, like everybody wants to wheel in the big fish, but uh, is it better? <laughs> well, James, maybe I should start answering that question by asking you a question. Have you ever read uh, Moby Dick or The Old Man and the Sea? Right. A couple of classic books, one by uh, Hemingway and the other one by, um, uh, what's his name that wrote Moby Dick. Anyway, the more important point is, the message of those stories is be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. So, you know, this applies to business and life. Um, and, you know, going fishing for a whale with a hand line is a dangerous thing to do because if you get one on the hook, what's it going to do? It'll probably drag you to the bottom of the ocean and kill you. And, you know, euphemistically, that's what can happen with big partnerships. If you're not clear about why you're chasing them, how you're going to serve them, uh, you know, are they consistent with the direction of your business? Have you got the resources um, to focus on executing without taking the focus off your existing business? Um, all of those things feed into the analysis of whether big national partners suit your business. Yep. Now, the problem, of course, is that most big partnerships, um, well, not most, but quite often they're what I would call anecdotal they're not intentional and by that i mean they end up they end up in the uh boat of a broker that wasn't looking for them and it might be you know a broker might be out at a corporate event playing golf get stuck in a foursome with a couple of people one of them happens to be a, a partner in a large real estate chain or accountancy group or some sort of organization a sporting group that's big and the conversation gets around to what do you do i do this what do you do oh i'm you know we run a national real estate chain with 80 offices Oh, you know, I look after real estate agents. You know where the conversation goes. Oh, perhaps we should talk about working together. Next thing you know, 
the mortgage broker's gone away and mapped out a way that they're going to service the whole 80 offices and they've got a team of two people. <laughs> yeah. Right? The funny, the funny thing is, I mean, one of the first things I wrote down, Ash, in preparation for this episode, I was like, what's the plan of attack? And we want to talk about this. But the first thing I wrote down was actually, we need to talk about the issue of promise at scale. And um, I know before we even talk about how to approach them and what they want and blah, 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 what are the problems and challenges, we need to sort of like get the mallet, <laughs> the proverbial mallet out, you know, the, the slap over the face to wake up. And mm. this issue of what we call promise at scale. Um, do you want to explain that um, if you're on the same wavelength as me? Well, well, hopefully I am. I mean, you, you've got to be intentional about it, which is where I was going Um Look, sometimes you stumble across opportunities and if you've got um, the critical mass in your business, you could potentially go after them. However, the, the better way is to work out what you need to have in place to service a prospective large-scaled relationship and then put together a proposition that allows you to, at scale, execute with that relationship. So it's an intentional planned process rather than a reactive, oh, this opportunity landed on my desk. Uh, I'd be a fool not to run with it mm. type approach because it's so big, you know, and all of a sudden your brain's clicking into how many people with how many deals and if I give this person 20, 10% and that person 10% and the head office 20% and I pay a broker 20%, oh, I keep 30%. Oh, that's a million dollars. Let's go for it. <laughs> you know, which is okay. I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. to you know, to be you know, to put a bummer on that. That that that's part of getting excited about an opportunity. But to your point, you've got to be able to execute on that relationship at scale and at a profitable level. Yep. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because yeah, you know, when I'm thinking of promise at scale, is yeah, as you said at the start, it'll be a solo operator or a solo broker, and they've got a few support staff, and the next thing. They've got an opportunity where there's going to be like 300 leads a week. And, you, and you're like, it doesn't matter how you know fast you act and how systematic you are, that is going to result in you blowing up and losing that partnership because you can't keep your promise at scale. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask you, Ash, is landing the big fish as well. And maybe I'll use the analogy of fishing of landing a monster and you're bring the, the fish into the boat. It's ginormous. And then you start filling it and you start scaling it and then you cut into it and it just pfft, disintegrates. There's, there's, there's no substance to it. There's no real meat. It's all bones and it's all blubber. So <laughs> I know, we, hopefully you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. Often these big partnerships, yeah, oh, we're going to give you 50 leads, 100, 300 leads a week. Often it doesn't happen. It doesn't eventuate. So I want you to talk to that because you've got experience with this. And oh, I know, yeah. yeah, let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping in, James, jumping in. Look, and shall I say, that is not always because they were, you know, um, I guess spinning you a web deliberately, you know, um, for some, um, you know, uh, reason that you weren't aware of you know often the inability to to hand over the amount of business that may have been discussed up front is because they just don't know how right i see this a lot like you know whether it's an accountancy practice like you could sign up 100 accountancy businesses and yeah they've got you know 
300,000 clients between them and you have all of these discussions and you spend six months negotiating, you know, an equity agreement and triggers and phase one and phase two and all of these things. And then, then you get to the starting gate and there's no clients. Mm. And then you go and ask them, where's the clients? Oh, we don't know how to make the referral. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Bob, the the, the, the person, <laughs> right. that, yeah, Bob and Mary and Jane, the agents or the accountants at the end of the rope, don't actually know that this is a thing. Like that's that's the danger with the bigger they get, the slower they are to actually take up and actually make it happen. So yeah, yes, yeah. So um, you know, so it really comes. It really comes. These big fish really comes down to an intentional process. So you know, yes, you. The, the way I would think would be best practice would be to have a bit of a what I would call a contingency plan, i.e. If you're running a small broking business with you plus one, two, three, four, five staff, wherever you happen to be at, just have a little bit of a working document that says, if I happen to come across a big opportunity, here's how I might strategically go about approaching it. It's almost like a, you know, a recipe to the side that you can turn to should an opportunity present itself. That's part one. But more likely and more appropriately is to intentionally plan out this is the sort of business that I want to build, which is a business that can service large, high-volume relationships, and then what do I need to do or have in order to be able to win it? Obviously, that's a proposal, you know, to communicate and win the opportunity and then execute it. What do I need? People, systems, money, focus, and how do I do all of that um, without necessarily uh, – letting my existing business starve. Um, you know, there have been some businesses that have sprung up over the years that are dedicated to relationships, um, such as, you know, your L, you know, here in Australia, your LJ Hooker Home Loans or your First National or your 20th uh, Century 21, these sort of, and probably the most famous of them all is the Ray White um, real estate business, which is, you know, the mortgage arms now morphed into an independent mortgage aggregation business called Loan Market, which is a huge business now, but took a long, 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 long time to evolve to that level. Um, as, a, as an individual mortgage business operator, you need to strategically think about, is this the model that best serves the outcome that I want to achieve? Um, and we're working with a couple of partners, uh, well, members, I should say, James, and listeners right now, that th this is their model, is to service large national organisations and they've specifically built their business around servicing those relationships. Um, it's no accident. You don't accidentally end up with a big national partnership. Exactly. So um, at the risk of, uh, I know we've got a resources for our members, that's, you know, an hour or two on this particular topic. So at the risk of not going over our typical time allocation, what do you think would be the most valuable on this topic of landing big partnerships? Is it really to, you know, warn listeners of, you know, to almost steer clear of them most of the time? Or is it more about, um, you know, how if you do land one, what to do with it? And just so that they know what they're getting into before it happens. Yeah, look, it's a good, a good question, James. And I think, to keep it pretty simple and clear, I think it comes back to your strategy. It always comes back to your strategy, you know, and then if you've got a clear strategy and a path and a plan to get there, um, you know, opportunities, whatever they are, including national partnerships, 
uh, get referenced against that strategy. And they either fit it or they don't. Mm. Yeah. That's think, the bit that's missing, right, yeah. for most people is they don't have a clear strategy. So an opportunity comes along and it triggers the dopamine and endorphins and excitement and thrill of the hunt. Um, and if you ha- but if you haven't got a strategy that you can say, does this fit my strategy or a coach or, or somebody in your corner that can say, hang on a tick, mate, let's just have a reality check. Let's just have a look at this. It's easy to get sucked down that vortex, yeah. right? Oh, of course. And uh, I, I like the fact that you've mentioned that because at the end of the day, these big partnerships you said right at the start, they can bring you down. Um, if you try and get one on board and your boat's not ready, you'll capsize your boat. And that means a number of problems. It could mean, it could, at the best case scenario, is you just lose that partner. Worst case scenario is you lose all your other partners because you've neglected them looking after the big one. You've neglected all your other clients. You've um, put yourself and your team under so much pressure that they all don't like you. They don't like coming to work. They burn out. So, yeah, um, be careful about going for them because if the boat's not big enough, it's not ready, it's just not worth it. And although we love the idea of reeling in the big one, um, you know, if you're a small boat and you see a whale, well, don't try and pull it in call another six or 10 small boats or link up with a bigger boat and then pull it in together. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the biggest. Look, there's many, there are many obstacles to executing on national partnerships. Coming up with one and getting to the starting gate is actually not the hard bit. The hard part is executing. And one of the big challenges in executing is a distribution network to handle the clients. Um, and there's very few small to medium broking businesses that have already got a footprint at a national level or a hub that can service at a national level. So generally the only way to execute on them is to, is to pull together like-minded collaborators and approach it at that collaborative level. Um, the only other time that you would pursue them is if your business is specifically designed to service those relationships. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I love national partnerships. You know, I've executed on winning them myself. I've helped other brokers do it. But on the flip side of that, I have seen far more fail than I've seen succeed. Far more fail than I've seen succeed. And they don't fail because of bad intentions. They fail because of all of the reasons we've just discussed. Mm -hmm. You you know, what are the numbers? Who keeps what? Who owns what? How do you service the clients? What's the system? What's the process? How do you check in? How do you hold accountable? What about all the moving parts? What about your focus as a business owner? Are you going to have the time and freedom to focus on overseeing this? All of those things play a role in assessing whether it's worth going after or not. Yeah, definitely. And I guess uh, if we sort of bring it all together, Ash, I mean, you know, landing big partnerships, um, a lot of our listeners probably clicked on this episode going, ooh, right, they're going to distill and share exactly what I need to go and land a whale, you know, spear, harpoon and blah, blah, blah. And in actual fact, we've said, look, um, you're probably better off going out and finding three or four really solid, consistent, small partners that you can manage, build up your business over time. And yeah, as Ash, as you said, if you do get to the point where you've built a very efficient system that can grow at scale, you can attack some of these larger opportunities. But it's much better to play in safer waters with smaller fish that can't bring you down um, and often it's more fun too. So um, I kind of like, I don't want to feel like the party pooper ash by like saying to people, don't do it. Um, 
it's well, just tricky. I will. I uh, you know you're absolutely right, James, and I will wrap up my thinking on a positive note, and I will draw everyone's attention to what we speak about in our the blueprint type events that we've run many times, and we speak about jumping above the line. Right now, to me, national partnerships sit above the line. Now, if anybody's wondering what the hell are you talking about above the line, well, that's what we would define as the next phase in your business once you've got your operating machine, your conveyor belt working profitably with you and a team of people pumping out profitable business. Above the line is when you scale, duplicate or leverage that. That's where national partnerships would sit in that above the line um, consideration, not, not below the line. Yeah, that's really smart summary because, you know, uh, and this goes for anything in business and life. Sometimes you get things served up to you at the wrong time and that's okay. Like if you're not ready for it, um, maybe now's not the time. There will always be another opportunity. Uh, there will always be another time. There's always tomorrow. So if you, if you're in a big, small boat and a huge whale goes past, you might just look at it and go one day I'm working up to it. And then when you're in that big boat and you can actually reel it in, then you can go for it. Um, it's yeah. Sometimes we just got to uh, what's the word? Delay the gratification and say no strategically to uh, having a better future and avoid well, a whole world of pain. Sometimes, sometimes you've got to say no to good opportunities to make the most of great opportunities. Um, and that's life. You know what? Whales are not going extinct, or at least I don't think they are. Um, there's always going to be another whale. Should be that be your wish at some point in the future. But for now. You know, concentrate on executing um, on the good opportunities and there'll always be another great opportunity if you need it down the track. 100%. Listeners, I hope you've liked this episode. And as always, you know, we'd love you to like and comment and share this with as many brokers as you can so that we can, you know, spread the word and help level up the industry. And uh, as always, there'll be another episode next week. Uh, so looking forward to releasing that one, Ash. And uh, yeah, until then, everybody, have a fantastic week. You too, Ash. Yep. See you next week, James, and have a good, good discussion. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Bye for now. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.